folks welcome back to pretend world's real people as always i'm tyler and i am over caffeinated i'm enjoying a sparkling grapefruit celsius i absolutely love celsius uh but this one for some reason is getting to me today i'm i'm full on jittery so i'm gonna try and not speed talk through this entire intro and uh, just wish that everyone is having a great week great weekend ready for the thanksgiving holiday and uh, hopefully you've charted out your map to the different houses you have to go to, much like myself, uh, because I'm also making a massive mound of mashed potatoes for the week that I'll probably end up eating er, probably half of because I'm the only person in my family who loves leftover mashed potatoes. So yeah, I hope if you're in the States, you're ready for Thanksgiving. If you're not in the States, I hope you're spending time with family all the more so and just uh, enjoying yourself because it is a chilly time of the year. Uh, things are crazy right now, so let's find some time to sort of decompress, be around the ones we love, and do stuff that makes us happy. Uh, anyway, let's switch right over to the real reason why you're listening to this podcast, and that is for our guest of the week, which happens to be the coolest person that you could ever talk to, and that is the lovely Melanie Stone. Now, you may recognize her from Mythica, the film series, from Little Women from the most recent VHS 99, or from my favorite horror comedy of the last 10 years, Deadstream. And she's an actor, writer, producer. She is a lover of all things performative art, and she has a massive love for the Fellowship of the Ring. So I just had a joy chatting with her, sitting down, getting to know her. Hopefully we'll have her back on the show here sometime next year. We'll see, uh, see what happens because she is the newest star of the horror genre, and I cannot wait to see what she does next. So, without further ado, let's sit down and let's chat with the coolest Melanie Stone. Hi, I'm Melanie Stone. I am an actor and a producer and writer. So fancy. <laughs> <laughs> actor producer writer what which which came first i have to ask i always ask that question which came first as far as what you wanted to do first and foremost yeah it was it was acting it was acting and then the producing and writing uh came out of i don't want to say a necessity but it was like i wasn't i wasn't getting the work that i wanted so it's it was that like typical route of like i'm going to create my own work kind of thing oh totally i mean when did that come about for you because i had that probably 4 or 5 years ago where i just said i'm going to you know make my own stuff when did that happen for you personally um you know i think i was always kind of doing that like it started in my early 20s it was it was something that I think a lot of people was like oh that's Melanie's hobby she likes to get together with friends and like make weird shorts um so I was doing it then but not I wasn't consciously like trying to make a career out of it but it was just something that like it it got that like creative itch you know yeah. uh, out and so but I really started taking it seriously I think it was it was after I met Joseph and Vanessa Winter and they just had this incredible idea um for it was like a sci-fi horror and that's when I was like okay like producing like I I want to help this like see the light of day and so it started there and then there were just other projects like if I if I feel passionate about a project 
then I will produce. Producing is really, really hard. I don't love producing, but I do feel like I know how to do it. So if it's the right project, I will. Um, like Deadstream is another one that I helped produce. Um, and I'm like so glad I did because it's being received really well. For, for good reason. And I can't wait to, to dive into that in, in a little bit. But I have to control myself, contain myself with all the excitement. But I, I want to know, when did you, you know, gain an interest in wanting to be a part of entertainment or just acting? I mean, was it theater? Was it just wanting to play pretend? Was it film, TV? Like, what what happened there? Yeah, I think it was... I mean, I've, I've got like the, the cliche answer where it's like, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. But also... <laughs> Um, I think I knew I wanted to pursue a career in the film industry. It was when Lord of the Rings came out. It was the fellowship. And I remember I, I, I think I saw it nine times in theaters. I like would beg like my, any of my sisters who could drive, it was like, well, can, can you take me to go see the fellowship? Like all of my money that I would earn from chores, it was like to go see the fellowship of the ring over and over and over and over again in theaters. And I like, that's when I became like, really obsessed with the behind the scenes and like that series has such a great behind the scenes like they've got such great content and I mean I think I would watch that as much as I would watch the films and I was just fascinated with like how like how they did it how they made these movies that I was so so into uh and yeah I think that was a moment that I was like I want to work in this industry like this is what I want to do yeah. Oh, okay. Were you the two disc collector edition DVD person? Like always watching yes, the bonus? Okay. Extended edition. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, and every year I have a marathon where I watch all of the extended editions. And yeah, it's like I pay my respects, pay my respects to, to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh my God. That's like. 12 hours minimum maybe yeah i mean let's i'm gonna be honest i don't do it all in one day i do split it up into two days you know <laughs> um but yeah it's it's what i do i love it that's so cool uh, and you know with that being a fan of, of fellowship were you looking up to you know the the cast and the creatives in that film in particular as sort of a, a way to gain insight into the entertainment industry? Or did you already have people you looked up to before? If you had anybody that you kind of admired before that? Yeah, I think before that, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of like old timey movies. So um, Debbie Reynolds is somebody that I adored. And I just thought, I don't know, I, she's so talented. And um I don't know if you've seen Unsinkable Molly Brown, but I think that's my favorite role of hers because she's just kind of like, she's just this fiery, wild, you know, woman. And um, I I love that performance because it's just so out there. It's not like demure or like, you know, how yeah. back then women were expected to act a certain way. There, And I just love that she's, she just kind of, like gave me permission to be like out there with performances, be weird, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think she's, she's someone that I really looked up to growing up and I just, I thought she was the coolest. Oh my God. I see any, I haven't seen that in so long, probably since college, okay. but it was, I, I totally agree. It's one of those performances where you, I just thought well, this is nothing like anyone else during this time period. It stands out so much. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is insane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
with that info, you know, you you always, you know, love loved acting, love the theatrical experience. When did you get that first chance to perform? Was it on a stage? Was it on a short film? What was that first experience like for you? Yeah, uh, as for stage, because I I did theater. I was mm. like a, I was a theater kid, but my first like stage experience. It was my sister. It, she was in high school. She was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, and they needed Munchkins. And so <laughs> I was I was one of the Munchkins. And I mean. Oh, I loved that so much. And I just milked it. Like any stage time I got, I would just, I mean, I was really not being a good performer because I was like sticking out like a sore thumb. Like I would just kind of do my own thing. And like, it was like, no, no, like that's not what the role is asking for. So, um, (laughs) but I mean, I loved it. Kept doing theater. And then my first like film, my first like, real film project it was a christmas movie called christmas for a dollar and um it was just a little side role but i remember like getting to set and like it just on set everything's out of sequence and like you have to do so much of the work and prep on your own and i was used to theater where you show up and you like you're kind of coddled by the director, you know, you get all this time, all this play time to explore and like figure out your character. Whereas like film, you show up and it's like, all right, let's go, let's shoot it. And it's like, wait, we're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about my character motivation. We're not going to, we're not going to spend like hours rehearsing this scene. It's like, no, we're not like, let's go, let's do this. So I remember like that was kind of a rude awakening for me. It was like, yeah understanding that I needed to do work on my own and show up ready. Yeah. There's a a certain amount of self-reliance that you don't expect from film and TV, especially if you do like co-star roles and you just walk in and they're like, all right, hope you're ready because uh, we have two minutes to shoot your coverage. So let's go. (laughs) Right. Right. Let's go. And like sometimes with those guest star roles or those co-star roles, like, you have to be like sobbing or something, you know, and like you're in it for like, you know, like a minute, but still it's like, you have to come in with all of this like emotional prep and then, and then you're, you're done. After like, I don't know, could be an eight to 10 hour wait in the honey wagon. Yep. <laughs> just preparing. Just like, yeah. <laughs> that tiny little space. You're just like, all right, have I done everything I need to do? <laughs> I'm damaged. I'm damaged. I have tears. Yeah. I'm damaged. We can do this. <laughs> when yeah. when did you decide? I mean, if you are doing it now, that that's awesome. But when did you decide to pursue this full time? Did you always, you know, seek out to be a full time performer, producer, writer, or were you thinking of maybe having a backup in store just in case? Yeah, yeah. I I think it was after booking the Mythica series that I was like, okay. That's my goal to support myself as an artist full time. Now, it hasn't always worked out that way. Like there's been good years where I'm able to do that full time and it feels so good. Also, I'm sorry. There's like landscaping going on outside the door. It's pretty loud. So I just want to apologize if you can hear that. That's what's going on. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I will continue. I. But yeah, I it was the Mythica series that I felt like, okay, I can pursue this full time. I still have like side hustles that I've that all like fall back on. Like substitute teaching is one that works really well for me. Oh, wow. uh, because you get to just like pick and choose your hours whenever. Um yeah, and like 
there's been times where I've wondered like, okay, do I need to be doing something else? Um, like there's been a few times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to nursing school, but I've never actually pulled the trigger. I mean, I, I think nursing school would be so much harder than what I'm trying to do. And the film industry is hard, but nursing school seems harder for me anyway. <laughs> that I kind of got a flop sweat just thinking about that. It's such yeah. a huge shift, a whole 180. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like there's all these social pressures where it's like, get a real job, you know, like there's always that there's always that group of people that um, who feel that way. And sometimes it's hard to like not let that get to you, especially during times when you're like, okay, I'm not making a lot of money right now. Like, how am I going to support myself? Like, am I being delusional thinking that I can do this? Uh, you know what's not delusional? Nursing. That is a noble cause, you know? So I think that's where I was going. It wasn't that I was actually passionate about that. It was just like, that is a good job. That's a noble job. And you make good money. Uh, it, yeah, but... I actually don't think I would make that great of a nurse if I'm being honest. So I don't know. You have that natural empathy already, right? Oh, so, I well, mean, you have that in the can. It's just making sure <laughs> you don't swap medications or do something. Yeah, right. Totally it's different. the it's the stuff that really matters. Like <laughs> knowing how to how to do that stuff. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> but, but that's I, that's a good option. I mean, that's something you could always try and do later on in life if you really wanted right. to, but you know, it's like, that's a two to four year commitment just for schooling alone. You know, like that's a yes. lot. Right. Right. And that was oh. the other thing is that it was like, what if the, what if the perfect role comes along, like while I'm in school and then it was a complete waste of money to, you know, like there's always that too. So it's like, I, any backup plan has to be, um, something that I can like leave behind. Yeah. If, if the perfect thing presented itself, you know? Yeah. Well, and speaking on that, this, like you said, this industry is really, really tough on the daily. I'm constantly wondering why I'm doing this. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's ways for us to kind of find ourselves a, a, a nice piece of solitude, a place of solace, or maybe, a, a, I don't know, just tasks that keep us um, grounded, so to speak. So like, what do you do to wash away all of that, like, acidic stuff that's within this industry and kind of really focus on yourself is there anything you know, like meditation exercise crafts yeah yeah definitely meditation that's something that i've been been trying to keep as like a daily practice um and exercise is also big i try to mix it up a lot lately i've been into yoga which goes great with meditation <laughs> um and then like it's funny when you said wash away because I will I will take baths. I will take baths and I'll have all my crystals and rocks and candles and I'll just like ah, soak soak in the tub. <laughs> I completely I've taken three showers in one day, which I know isn't great, but you know, there's <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Wash like, it off. Yeah, it's a two minute cold shower. I need to restart everything because I do not want to think about that self-tape. Yeah, <laughs> cold showers, that's I keep telling myself, like, Mel, you need to start doing cold showers every day. And I'll, like, I'll do it a couple times. And it feels so good after. But, yes. man, those, like, that first minute, you're just, like, <gasps> just deep breaths. 
just just bring your take like a mildly warm shower uh-huh. for like 30 seconds and then slowly turn it to cold uh-huh. and it'll it'll work i swear that's how i started doing it Pro tip. It, it's oh it's it's amazing but yeah okay. it's it's a crazy uh industry it's a crazy job that we have and it's just insane but you're venturing out into writing into producing and this is where i'm just going to bring up deadstream because absolutely love the movie it's so much fun you i i need to say this really really quick uh you know there's a rule three with comedy and with horror for like jump scares or for jokes and spoilers, if you haven't seen it, everybody, if you haven't seen it, pause and come back. But uh, the the iPad sequence where it's like up, down, up, down. I knew it was coming. I knew. And the second your face popped up, I haven't yelped that loud in forever. So like kudos to you because you scared the living hip out of me. <laughs> it's just amazing. But it was so much fun. So I just wanted to really quick, uh, you know, recall what your process was like working with both uh, Joseph and Vanessa and, you know, getting that film off the ground. What was that like? Yeah. Well, I mean, the real kudos goes to the Winters for writing such a fun script. And they are, so they're one of those people that truly love horror. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, there's individuals out there in the film industry who are like, you know what, let's just make a horror. It makes money. It makes money. Let's make a horror. But they're not passionate about it. And it shows in the product. And so, but with the winters, like they, they respect the genre. And like, before I met them, like horror was like, yeah, whatever horror, but they totally like introduced me to all of these amazing horror films that I'm like, Whoa, horror is awesome. You know? Um, so they working with them was so great because they're just so well-versed in the genre and they are so meticulous about like what exactly they're wanting. They know exactly what they want. They know um, like each shot is planned out and um, it's like they would rehearse. And sometimes I would show up to those rehearsals. It's like we would rehearse the scene to get the camera moves right. Cause Joseph, it was Joseph and Jared. Uh, he was another producer and our DP. He's amazing. Um, so yeah, we would get together and we'd rehearse these scenes that like, they were very technical. It was very important to make sure that like we were getting these right. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they're, they're one of the most like organized people I know. And um also like just so much fun to work with and um like I really I really believe in them as like writers and directors so really it was it was just a joy and I mean it was also rough too because it's like we were it's like we were shooting on a super low budget and um some of those prosthetics were hard for me <laughs> to like towards the end. It was just like, <gasps> yeah, just having to really breathe through that. But it was also one of those things where I'm like, no, it is worth the pain because like, yeah, the whole time I was just like, this, this is going to be great. Like, this is going to be great. So suck it up, Melanie. <laughs> you, can, you can handle being in prosthetics for, you know, hours. It's fine. I was about to say, you're going to be cemented in cinema history. <laughs> like you just. We have three more hours. We could do this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? I will say like to the winter's credit, they were very um, like conscious of making sure that I was okay. Like 
Vanessa would check in and just like, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like with, I had like this prosthetic mouthpiece that was driving me nuts. And um, yeah, they just also have, they listen, you know, they're not just like, it's our way or the, or the highway. Like they're very, I don't, they're very collaborative, um, but also they're very clear on what they want too. So you know, if there's something that they're wanting, they're like, yeah, it's going to be this way. Like, sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent. So with VHS 99 and the character Mabel, when Vanessa was talking about the character with me, I, I was like, oh man, she sounds like, she sounds amazing. Like, and I made this joke about like, but also kind of serious. I was like, but you know, she's like, she's gross hot, right? Like she's still kind of hot. Right. And Vanessa's like, no, she's, she's not going to be hot at all. And I'm like, oh, Oh, okay, 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 okay. You know, like there's that vain part of me that was like, can we still make her attractive? And it's like, no, she's not going to be attractive. We're making horror. So, <laughs> like, okay, fine. <laughs> well, I mean, most actors would, would wonder that, right? Whether it was intrinsically or extrinsically. But did you find beauty in that character, like, as you were doing it, though? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. And and it's, and it's been good for me because like, because Mabel is pretty, she is pretty gross, but it was like, there was something cool about that, you know, just being like, yeah, I'm nasty. And even though, even though anyone looking at me would not be like, whoa, that's, that's hot. It still like felt empowering. And I guess hot in a way that I could like be so weird and like, like that's what the character was. It was like this uninhibited, just total outlandish thing. And I don't know. I don't know if once again, I don't know if hot is the right word I would use, but it was empowering and it felt good to just play something that, yeah, most people they're not gonna look at and be like, Yeah, I'd I'd take that on a date, <laughs> whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Well, you just this year alone, you've made a complete name for yourself as, you know, this this horror, um, you know, horror star, essentially. And I just well, one, I want to ask if you were a fan of horror beforehand and two, if you see this as, you know, a sort of a new extension of your uh, sort of like your career, essentially. Like, would you like to go further into horror as the years go on or do you see this as a. This is just a pit stop on my way to, you know, a, a heavy family drama starring Meryl Streep. Like, yeah. where? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say no to that, but um, yeah, I I don't think I'm done with horror. I And it's, like I said, it was the winters that got me really turned on to horror. Before that, um, it's like I'd, I'd seen like The Conjuring and I was like, that's a good horror movie, but I don't like other horror movies. But quite frankly, I hadn't really seen a whole lot. Um, and then after meeting the Winters, they they introduced me to Drag Me to Hell. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but I'm like, yeah, that movie's amazing. I would go grab my collection of Drag Me to Hell Blu-rays if I had a chance to leave my chair. But yeah, yeah. I, yes. It's so good. <laughs> like that, that to me is just like, that's the perfect horror movie for me because it is scary, but it's also really fun. And it's, there's kind of this like fantastical element to it that it just really speaks to me. I, I really love that movie. And so anyway, long story short, I would definitely 
I definitely feel like I'm going to be doing some more horror. I don't think I'm done yet. I think there's still, there's still like uh, stories inside of me or characters inside of me that really want to like explore that, that space because with horror, um, I am allowed to be a freak and a weirdo and that that feels really good because like I definitely have a weird part of me like a weird side to me so um not done with not done with horror is, is what I'm saying um yes. is there any other you I felt like I'm missing a piece of the question Did no sorry well we got super excited about drag me to help but you answered so <laughs> <laughs> is I I kept saying the whole time I'm watching Deadstream like this is this is so like Sam Raimi-esque. I absolutely love it. Down to the point of you chasing the main character near the end and you're falling down the stairs as you're talking. It's yes. it's fantastic. So I'm super excited to see what else you do in horror because there's, you know, the horror has so many different sub sub subgenres that you could easily, you know, go into. So I I can't wait to see what you do next. Right. There's all kinds of horror. Like yeah. that's Ah, yeah. <laughs> and before it was like, I just didn't know that that was like, that was a thing that it's like, there's all these different levels, all these different levels in that genre. And uh, yeah. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate, appreciate the encouragement. Oh, absolutely. Well, speaking of which, I want to know what's, what's next for you? What do you have uh, planned or what are you trying to manifest over the next year as we get closer to 2023? Yes. So I, there are these two horror comedy scripts that I'm currently like obsessed with and I didn't write them. So I don't want to say um, too much cause it's not my property, but I, yeah, I've jumped on as like a producer and I'm going to try and like help these get made because I, they're so good. They're so, so good. So I hope, I hope that it happens. Um, and then I do a rock opera every year. It's, it's like a very spooky Halloween rock opera um, called Deep Love. And um, I know that we're going to do like a Valentine's show next year for all the people who don't want to celebrate Valentine's uh, in the typical fashion, you know, because with the show, um, we encourage audience members to show up in funeral attire. Everyone in the show dies. So it's very, <laughs> it's a it's like a very tragic love story. Um, but like rock and roll, the music is like, I've just been obsessed with it for years. So um, I feel very lucky to be a part of that. So that's something that I, that happens, that it happens every year. So. Oh my God. Where, where could people attend that? Well, I'm pretty sure the Valentine's show, it'll be in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, nice. We will have, we have, we recorded the show this year and I know that we're going to like release it um, sometime in the near future. I should find out when, uh, <laughs> but we do have an old recording. Um, it's on Spotify and iTunes. It's from 2017. The show has, the, the show changes every year. And so the songs, there's new songs. Um, yeah, it, it sounds, it's a little more edgy. Um, but I still think the 2017 recording is pretty great. And it's called Deep Love, a Ghostly Rock Opera. Oh my god! Well, I might be in Utah around that time, so I might have to come yes. see it. <laughs> yes, I'm giving comp tickets. Come. <laughs> well, as uh, I'm, I'm going a little bit over time, but I'm going to wrap it up with our last few things. Uh, one being, if you have a uh, party story you could share with our listeners. Now, a party story on this show is essentially something that has occurred in either your personal life or entertainment life. Uh, maybe you're on a set, maybe you're talking to people, but something that stands out so immensely 
that you could easily recant it amongst friends at a party. Okay. You have something. It could be crazy. It could be slightly tragic, but kind of funny. You know, just (laughs) something that sticks with you. I have something that's like pretty embarrassing. Like, I feel like my life, there, I have many embarrassing moments and some I, I just, I can't share yet. I just can't share. <laughs> the embarrassment is still there. But this one I've like, I've worked through, but it is pretty embarrassing. So just prepare yourself to be like, <laughs> oh, oh, Mel. Um, oh, no. Okay. So I forget what year it was, maybe like 2019. It was pre-pandemic. And um, Vanessa Winter, she was hired to direct a like commercial short for um not scary farm for the like their halloween their halloween stuff um and so she cast me in it and i in this video it's very short it's like i'm this woman in like a white nightgown with long hair and it's like in a cabin it's like probably like late 1800s maybe early 1900s and i'm like brushing my hair and humming a creepy song and then i turn and when i look back in the mirror i'm like a nasty like creepy witch woman like they put this prosthetic mask on me and it was like very very gross looking so it was a very hot day very hot it's important to understand this because I was getting a little delirious and we're inside the cabin and I'm just like burning up and like not thinking straight and so so to distract myself I'm just like I just start thinking of this random story that someone had told me um And in this story, the punchline, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but the punchline of the story is someone says to somebody else, Merry fucking Christmas. So I get to that part in my head and I say it out loud. I go, like full volume. I'm like standing, looking in the mirror, like, and I have the witch makeup on and I go, Merry fucking Christmas. And it's silent. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what have you done? You just you just said that out loud. Like, you just said that. No context. No context. I just said that out loud. Like, everyone here thinks you're a crazy person. Quick, say something. Say something else. Like, oh, it's really hot. I don't know why I said that. Or I, I was thinking of this story. I, I couldn't say anything. I'm just frozen. Just like in like hag prosthetic makeup. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, I think it was the DP, just starts talking about something else, completely changes the subject. It was like everyone in the room, there was like this agreement of like, we're not going to acknowledge that. We're just going <laughs> to move on. And I just remember thinking like, oh man, like, they think you're crazy. And like, maybe you are crazy. Like that (laughs) was my thought. And the only person I explained myself to like later that day, I like, I like went up to Vanessa and I was like, Hey, look, um, I'm really sorry for what I said in there. I, you know, and I explained what I just, what you now know. And she just kind of stood there smiling, you know, Vanessa just, she's so great about like not judging me in my like kind of crazy moments you know <laughs> she like definitely uh yeah has empathy for me <laughs> my I don't know what that was just like word vomit um but, 
Yeah. I'd say like as far as embarrassing moments, it's like probably a three on the on the spectrum of embarrassing things that have happened to me. Like, but like I said, I just can't ah, I can't live down some of these other things that have happened in my life. (laughs) Well, I I think a lot of our listeners could relate to what you just told because I've done that on set so many times. Oh man. You know, maybe one person might give you that complimentary giggle and then like kind of smooth into the next conversation but that still doesn't help <laughs> Why? <laughs> can i go back in time <laughs> please i will say i i fully empathize with you because on any given day in my life i feel like i'm lloyd and dumb and dumber where you know i'll just walk out and say oh hey guys big gulps huh all right well see you later and just like leave the crime scene that you just spilled. Walk blood away. All over. Walk yeah. away. Just, just depart. Well, that's perfect. That, I love that. That's a perfect embarrassing story. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, with that, actually, that lines up perfectly. Um, <laughs> do you have any advice you can pass along to our listeners about those who either want to? It doesn't have to be separate, but maybe they want to get into the industry. Maybe they are in it right now and they're trying to to stick it out. Do you have any piece of advice that you've utilized that you could pass on to them? Yes. Well, I mean, this kind of goes, it kind of actually does segue um, this embarrassing story, sort of. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. I will say that like learning how to be level-headed, how to like, because I feel like people going into this industry have a lot of passion, have a lot of creativity. And I think learning how to be level-headed in conflict, like find out like what your default style is in conflict, whether it's like you just kind of people pleasing and being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Or you're the other way where you're like, come at me. And you're like ready to throw down. Um, I think like just learn how to be level-headed and like see things clearly um because it can be tough it's like there's a lot of setbacks there's a lot of setbacks and I think like learning how to um manage your perception of things and understand that like most of the time it has nothing to do with you and and if it does like if there is something that you need to like take accountability for take accountability for it because the people that I like respect the most in the in the industry that I've worked with, they, they will take accountability. Like they'll own up for things. They're like, Hey, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, like, let's, let's find a way to work through this. And I think that's really cool, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's my yeah. advice. Oh, I love you. Yep. You redeemed yourself from the embarrassing <laughs> story. <laughs> Thank You're you. You're a damn champion. Well, I, I, uh, I have one last thing before we, we close out, but just asking if you have anything as far as like shout outs and promotions we could put through this episode, whether it be, you know, your projects, obviously I'm putting in Deadstream and VHS, uh, yeah. but even some organizations you really believe in, if, there, if there's any charities, anything like that, that I could give a shout out to. Yeah. Wow. I feel like a horrible person that I don't have a charity that I can get <laughs> this one how dare you next time next time (laughs) i think like i think promoting deadstream and vhs 99 like yeah that'd be amazing and even that rock opera the deep love uh a ghostly rock opera that's another thing that i just i feel so passionately about so um yeah those three things if that's okay oh perfect no it works perfectly i love it oh well i this has just been i'm sorry i took you over time but this has been 
so much fun. I, I'm so glad I had a chance to talk to you. I uh, just have one thing to do as we close out. Uh, I brought up Dumb and Dumber, but have you seen Wayne's World? Okay, I've seen it, but it was ages ago. It was Don't so worry. long ago, but please quote it. Quote I'm, it. Well, I'm one of like 20 people that still watches it a little too much, but uh, this is what we call an awkward goodbye. I'm going to give you a okay. silent Wayne's World countdown. I'm just going to do one, two, three. When I point to you, give me your best verbal awkward goodbye. And okay. then I'll stop the recording. Perfect. You ready? I'm ready. All right. In. Uh, bye. Goodbye. Bye.